Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and you are listening to the very scary No Baxies episode because we're recording live Mitz Giro Rosa in a desperate attempt to get this up before the next stage is completed. Joining me as always is my dear friend, cycling aficionado and expert in all things live trackside at the Giro Rosa, Sarah Connolly. Hello! I'm so excited! It's the Giro! That song is that we played at the beginning is the theme tune of the Giro Rosa, and that song's the song I keep singing to myself every day. Now, tell us honestly, Sarah, you were actually dancing around the kitchen in your pink fluffy bunny slippers and your pyjamas and your dressing gown, weren't you? Well, I do have my pyjamas on. I do have pink socks with white polka dots, but no fluffy bunny slippers because that is not properly Giro. <laughs> Why? Why are the pink bunny slippers not properly Giro? God damn, do you know nothing about pro cycling? Uh, not when it comes to pink bunny slippers, I don't know. <laughs> It's the Giro. I'm so happy. <laughs> it is indeed the Giro Rosa, and uh, holy shit! You know, I mean, these ladies. I mean, for for people playing along at home who may not know, this is the biggest ladies uh, women's stage race of the the year. And uh, in previous years, has gone by the name Giro Donna. Uh, traditionally, it was ten stages long. This year, for a brief little while, it was looking like it may not actually be able to go ahead, but it has. Uh, the new name is Giro Rosa, but it's also been reduced to eight stages this year. But holy fuck, Sarah, they're packing a hell of a lot of racing into these eight stages, aren't they? They really are. And um, the UCI, in their infinite wisdom, they do things like they limit the amount of... I think women are allowed to race 135 kilometres every stage. Um, they're not allowed to race more because their uterine might drop out. Um, <laughs> because and... women have multiples. <laughs> They they have a main uterus and a backup uterus. <laughs> yeah, because if you've ever gone over cobbles on a bike accidentally, you know, how what what, what are you going to do? So, yes. Um, but the races, I've said this before, but races are limited to one week only because apparently if you start racing for more than one week, you, I don't know, fall over and die or something. Mm -mm. Well, yeah, you're probably at that point at risk of man flu or something, you know, which we all know. <laughs> We all know it's deadly to women, so <laughs> that's why we never get it. We're all we're all immunised. <laughs> so it's the Giro. It's eight stages in Italy. It's a fantastic race. Uh, this is the race where if you're a rider on a pro team, you really want to be called up for this. It's it's like nothing on earth. It's it's completely different. Everyone says that the race is faster than all the other races, even though it's longer. Like maybe the asphalt is faster or something. But um, they've got teams of eight rather than teams of six so there's more more riders on the road and it's just a really exciting time mm, mm. every night every night there's an hour of tv on rice sport two you know this is every, and when you go to the start all the villages are, are wreathed with pink there's people happy everyone from school children to grandmothers coming out to see this and the italians really really love cycling i mean they do. They love their cycling and they love Italian races in Italy. They love women's racing. It's great. It's it's like this big celebration, fantastic, mad family, uh, family of cycling. <sighs> See, I've already made a mistake. If this was normal, I'd be going, Dan, Dan, can you, can you, can you edit that out? 
<laughs> and I'd be sighing resignedly going, yeah, sure, fine. You know, do you want to start again? <laughs> and then and then one of us would say something like, so, stage one started in Giovinazzo to Margarita de Savoia. And I totally fucked that up and would normally edit it as well. But, you know. <laughs> but it's the Giro. Everything goes in the Giro. Mm, mm. Just pretend we're crazy Italians or, you know, whatever nationality you prefer to have your crazy from. Excellent. Well, Australians does it for me, so I think we're all good. <laughs> I do it for you, baby, do I? Quick, where's the Benny Hill theme song? <laughs> so it's the Giro. I mean, and I'm a little bit giddy because I'm pretty much taking the week off working and spending my entire life following the Giro and interviewing riders and having a really great time. Did you read the interviews I did before the race started? Yeah, of course. Did you like them? <laughs> it's like spoon feeding me questions, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. It was really, um, it was a fantastic series of um, just short stories from a variety of um, riders from from different teams talking about their expectations of the Giro, their anticipations, their hopes for it individually and for the team. Uh, It was great. And um, it was really cool to to see so many riders, you know, be generous with their time and their thoughts on, on what is a truly exciting and significant week of racing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I... It, it's um, Our friend Saul, uh, who writes for Cobbles and Hills, has just put up an article on Podium Cafe about when he went to the Amakameen Bira. And in it, he's talking about how he's only been involved in women's cycling for about a year. But he's Spanish, and this race is in Spain, and so he went along to see it. And he's talking about how incredibly friendly all the riders were. You know, Evie Stevens gave him her, her little cup that she got for coming third on GC and things like oh, that. I know, I'm so sweet. still really pissed off about about that and super jealous um you know but i mean i get it after reading his report it was a great write-up because you know he did hold an umbrella over every for like uh four or five hours while they were waiting for the stage to start so <laughs> protecting her from the torrential sideways rain that the Basque country is famous for um so you know he, he did sort of earn the trophy but you know i just want to put it out there uh ladies of the peloton Uh, If you're running out of room, I understand airlines are real bastards with their weight limits on luggage and stuff these days, and you want to offload trophies, I'm willing to look after them for you. I thought you were going to say, and you want someone to look after your bike. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually actually do ride a large bike frame, sorry. Or not sorry, as the case may be. Sorry, not sorry. Um... Yeah, so and everyone should read Saul's, Saul's report. He's lovely, and he had such a good time. And it's just, but it's that thing of the thing about them being so friendly to fans and so enthusiastic about their sport. You know, as we've said before, pretty much all of these women could be making a lot more money doing proper careers. You know, and they mm. could have a lot of an yeah. easier life. Yeah, minimum They're wage choosing- at minimum minimum wage at Starbucks would you know pay a hell of a lot more than <laughs> many of them receive. <laughs> So. <laughs> and they're choosing to do cycling because they love it. So you know they... what? To, to actually just just sorry, I thought of a better joke. Normally I'd edit it out and we'd put the good joke in, but you're getting both. It's a two for two for one. Um, a, a, a Bangladeshi sweatshop worker. 
on minimum wage. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't see that. That's where I go, Dan, Dan, you can't say that. He go, really? And I go, no. Well, too late. I said it. No backsies. Woohoo. Oh, so, yeah, no, they're, they're just, but because they're there because they love it. They're so kind and welcoming and generous with their time because, you know, people talking about how much they love it. So anyway, uh, I'll put links. We'll put links to everything on prowomenscycling.com. And as we're talking about things like videos and stuff like that, if you go to our site, I'm putting up daily posts with all the videos I can find in them. So just, just head over there and you'll see and you'll see the links to the other reports and it'll all be simple for you. And it will all make sense. It will all make sense, like the finish of stage one. The finish of stage one. Well, stage one. Um, generally, when we talk about women's cycling, actually, we talk about Dutch-style sprinting, which is basically attritional and evil and crazy and mad. And mm. uh, you know, If you can see any kind of marking on the road ahead, you sprint for it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, if you, 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 people choose the opportunities of such hills as sleeping policemen. Mm. <laughs> extra large potholes etc to, to, as, as an opportunity to attack but stage one was a bunch sprint and it's it, it, it's I mean it was it's wide flat smooth roads no one was getting away all the sprinting teams wanted to go they had they were going and they were also because they were riding along the Italian coast oh god Dan can you imagine riding on the coast of mm. South Italy mm. along the Mediterranean I can. I hope one day to not be imagining that. <laughs> blue skies, blue seas. Unfortunately, it also comes with massive headwinds and sidewinds. <laughs> 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 and where were they racing from and to, Daniel? Uh, well, all oh, right, so you're going to make me butcher it again. Giovinazzo uh, to Margarita de Savioa. That's where they went. So they <laughs> went. I love that pause. To me, that pause was like, you still butchered it, Dan, but you did better than I could. <laughs> I think we've come to the conclusion that, you know, anyone can do better than I could. <laughs> I've only just, I keep forgetting how to say Rosa. I keep trying to pronounce it in Spanish style. Giro Rosa, Giro Rosa. So, um, yeah. Uh, what was that? Anyway, it was a 117 or 118 kilometer stage, depending on how you want to round the uh, the 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 remainder. Um, and as you were saying, it did end in a bunch sprint. How did we get from the start to the bunch sprint? Well, basically, they just rode together in a big group. See, this is so on when cycling. This is what men's cycling. I should be talking about the chateau and the cheese and the bike on <laughs> the side of the road. Although they did say that apparently loads of people turned up to cheer in pink, but also in their swimming costumes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's the thing. They were riding along the coast. Everyone was just a little bit relaxed. It was, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, they got to, and they get to the end town and then they have two laps. And this is where things started going wrong for some riders because... Uh, I was talking every day. I'm doing Q and A's with the Orica AIS riders, Jesse McLean and Amanda Spratt. Spratty. Oh, don't you uh, get me started on Spratty! Holy <laughs> shit! We'll come back to that later. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, and and every day I'm taking turns. So it was it was Jess and then Spratty and then Jess and then Spratty and. Jess was uh, so I spoke to Jess about the first stage, and she said, "Yeah, it's all a bit chaotic." I was going, "Well, what 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 was going on?" She said, "Yeah, you know, there's all these small teams who." get really overexcited and who aren't used to riding in the big bunch and they basically crack cause crashes. <laughs> so they all think it's the Italia Cup, except 
the really proper top tier Italian teams don't get involved. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, because they've been to the Italia Cup. They know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. So they're riding through. And that, so there, there was a couple of crashes in the last thing. I don't know how it happened, but I think every single rider in Wiggle Honda managed to crash in the fi- in the final lap and or puncture. I think they just their tires just spontaneously combusted, which was annoying for them because their plan had been Giorgio Bronzini, mm, 2010 mm. 2011 world champion. Their plan. No Italian has won a stage of the Giro Rosa since 2009. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Shit. No yeah. wonder, no so, wonder the course had to change so much this year too, and no wonder, no wonder they had to get rid of the the old organisers. <laughs> <laughs> so Wiggle Honda's plan was that Georgia Bronzini would win the sprint, and she'd start the start the race in the Malia Rosa. Mm, mm, exactly, which and is so, yeah. is also my plan for every race, every stage race I start. So. Yeah. <laughs> And so they, um, unfortunately, they were kind of scuppered when they all punctured, like, like just like random punctures. Mm. So it came down to a bunch sprint and Kirsten Veeld beautifully, 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 beautifully sprinted to the win. She, Kirsten, she's the queen of the Dutch sprinters uh, for years and years. It, well, not for years and years, but for the last couple of years, if you come down to a bunch sprint, the two riders you can pretty much put money on are Kirsten Veeld and Ina Yoko Teutenberg. Now, obviously, Teutenberg's out sad face sad face with her concussion this is why riders don't aren't shouldn't be allowed on the bike once they passed out at the finish line not that i'm <laughs> not that i'm angry about that so yeah yes so veiled veiled the one the, the world cup that she was going to wanting to win was the uh, the first world cup that she was wanting to win was the tour of chongming islands but she crashed in the omelette van borsalet and fractured her shoulder and her, she's only like been to one race back before the Giro, so for her to win was just a beautiful moment. Vild is such a fun rider. She's she's um, she's just so cool and lovely. She'd always wanted to cycle, but her parents had banned her from cycling when she was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't ban her from cycling; they banned her from racing because they were really, really concerned that it was dangerous. And mm. so, when she hit eighteen, she just started racing. Well, that, and that was largely based on the way they saw her race. Surely. <laughs> 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 oh yeah you keep yeah. riding you, you sprint at every side post it's not safe <laughs> yeah yeah mm. so Veeld won the first sp- stage but this is important to remember the Giro Rosa has intermediate sprint bonifications which give you seconds towards the general classification indeed so she uh, won the sprint but that was the finished sprint how'd she go on the intermediates well, the intermediates were all won by Mariana Voss. <laughs> I'd love to say I'm shocked by that. No, you see, Mariana Voss has a Mariana Voss has a really solid tactic about the Giro. She's not she's not a power climber. Yeah, she's not a mountain goat. I was she's... actually just going to ask that. I was going to say, obviously, that has to be playing into her longer term strategy for the overall GC, yeah. in that she knows she's going to lose some time in the climbs. Yes, and, exactly. You know, there's exactly. a certain amount we know she can make up if there is a descent, but on a couple of mountaintop finishes, um, that's going to be a real challenge for her. So she must be, you know, th- these are insurance seconds that she's buying. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and when it comes to mountaintop fin- finishes, seconds 
don't you know aren't going to be aren't going to do too much of a favor but we'll come on to her other tactic yeah so okay. just remember Voss when she, the two mountain it's two mountain top finishers last year she did really 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 well because um I think it was on stage five that Evelyn Stevens had won stage four or maybe I might be getting my stages wrong anyway Evelyn Stevens had won the preceding stage which was a climbing stage and taken the Malia Rosa so the next day they had this bonkers stage it was just basically one of those beautiful triangular profiles they had this massive climb in the middle and at the top of um, Evie Stevens and Emma Pooley attacked on the climb and they hit the top 50 seconds ahead of Voss but then they had this enormous descent and on the descent Voss not only caught them but hit the bottom a minute and a half ahead of them <laughs> that's the kind of thing that would like you know if I were a competitive person would drive me nuts. I'd just be like, what the fuck do I have to do? You know? <laughs> like, seriously. Seriously. Well, that was, well that, that was why. I mean, that's why you see, like, last year, you see riders like Evie and Emma... Um, you know, have gone have gone away, and they've and they've really, really practiced their um, practiced their descending. So mm. anyway, mm. so stage one, uh, Veiled wins yep. uh, ahead of Voss and Tagliaferro. So Voss has the Maglia Rosa because of the the intermediate bonifications. Um, yeah. And where are we at with the other jerseys? Because there was the, the first stage, as you say, was along the coast and it was mostly flat, but they did turn inland for a little bit, didn't they? To to have the first yeah. Queen of the Mountain points. Yeah. Yeah, basically they started off the stage with a little bump so they could award it. So the Queen of the Mountains was Valentina Scandalada of M. Cipollini Giordana. Uh, young, best young rider started off as Julie Lepp from High Tech and Marta Tagliaferro in the blue jersey of best Italian rider. Nice. Yeah. They, uh, uh, you know, they actually have a... Um, they actually have a classification for best Italian rider. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if none of their riders have won a stage since 2009... I know, it just, <laughs> it's just one of those ones that's just sort of like, it makes me want to go, oh, cute, but then I feel really bad for saying that because it sounds so patronising, um, you know, and because I'm a guy, pretty much everything I say about women's sport sounds patronising, so... Um, I'm. <laughs> To be fair, Dan, everything you say about anything is... <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's consistent, then I don't really care. So just, you know, for, for the record, then, we'll, we'll, we'll put it in. Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> so stage right. two, stage two. Now, one of the things you have to realise about the Jura, it's absolutely famous for surprise climbs and profiles that you don't exactly trust. Now, did we we coined a term for this last year? I'm sure. I'm pretty sure we called them uh, stealth climbs, didn't we? Stealth climbs. Yeah, yes. where they just leap out and attack you unexpectedly. Yeah. yeah, and there's a way around it this year, and this is why fans are brilliant. So when you see riders um, putting putting the profiles up, they're not generally using the profiles from the stage. They're using the profiles that Sean Velo Focus makes. Because Sean, Sean. If you ever go to bellofocus.com, what Sean does, he's, he, he does race previews from a very specific perspective. And when I look at race previews, I like, well, I love the ones that Monty and Jens write on Podium Cafe. But I like, I go to Les Dessay de la Route, where Cyclopunk does narrative profiles where mm. he finds interesting facts and stuff. And then Sean's profiles, he'll have figures, stats, numbers. And he maps all the stages of races onto Google Maps and puts street views of the finishing climbs and from that takes profiles. 
Yep. And this is so. This is quite interesting. This is it. Just gets really, really funny because <laughs> you look at Sean's profiles versus the race profiles and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting because I mean, there's a couple of like obvious things where he 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 does his profiles with a um um a more contextual um height variation so you know like the official yeah. ones I don't, i'm not sure if they have a, a standard scale but you know it seems to me that they they scale to at least a thousand meters even even when that's not the case so you wind up with what look like small bumpy profiles but then when you actually get down to the the ones that sean has uh you know like the the top climb on the stage might be 500 meters but it's fucking steep you know and and so yeah. it's and they, it's that perspective that sort of really adds a lot more flavor to it and when you saw well when i saw some of the the photos of um the finishes and and some of the climbs like these aren't you know uh the cutesy little things that the official profile makes them look like they might be there there's some some brutal uh you know walls in those yeah and the other thing is, is because the the race profiles seem to smooth them out. They 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 seem to smooth things mm. out. So when you look on Sean's, it's like jagged, 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 yeah. jagged. Well, it when looks look like race... yeah, it looks like the race one. They they take the average gradient over the whole distance or something, and and then just make it, you know, an an even sort of thing. Whereas Sean's one again, because he's he's using a more detailed scale. Um, you get the you know the little bit at eight percent, then the bit at two hundred percent where they're actually upside down for a while and then they crest it and it's downhill um yeah. but yeah yeah crazy and so, so, so and i mean this is one of the things i mean one of the things about the giro it is a tough race and i've got to say that if they were the men and i mean this race they have one uh one one stage in every region in ev all of this in every region of Italy. Uh -huh. So they're having some monster transfers tonight. They're doing about five hundred and fifty kilometers so transferring. A good three hour drive. Well, yesterday I was speaking to Jessie <laughs> Jessie McLean, and she was saying that it was supposed to take them three hours, but they got caught in a traffic jam. Mm. Uh, they're supposed to take them two and a half hours to me. So they got they got caught in a traffic jam, and then the Tom Tom was programmed wrong, and then it took them a while <laughs> to get their car parked in the hotel, and la la la. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's 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 not an easy race to race and they're not going in the giant mega buses you know they don't yeah. have this sky aromatherapy and special light buses that that, yeah. that the boys yeah. get they're like you know some of them are just in cars so well also you've got I, to I think one of the really important factors is um when you when you're riding long distances regularly and in particular when you're racing aggressively and they are um I think one of the big factors is that they're then being put in these these you know like the the real big advantage of the the buses that the men's teams have are that they're spacious they the guys can stretch out but also that the massages for the team can yeah. actually start on the bus yeah. um you know whereas the 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 women are often packed into cars or vans or or much smaller vehicles they don't have as much room to stretch out they may actually be you know in that sort of seated in the back seat of the car position mm -hmm. with uh, muscles that have gone through quite a lot of exertion and are then sort of locked in place for a while, um, you know, and and that can that can start to have a, a deleterious effect. It can indeed, but they're strong, tough women, and they go through it. Mm. So stage two, 
stage two is a four-lap circuit race, about 25 kilometres each circuit, with a surprise climb at the start. And what, what, what people have been saying on Twitter, what Ryder have been saying on Twitter, is that this year the race organisers aren't giving them any leeway. The climb's just basically at the start, every stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, it's, actually, it's actually a clever plot to stop them from, from instantly sending 400 attacks. So, you know, there's just not room. There's, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this lap, um, this lap started with a climb pretty much straight away, um, and then it flattened out. Had a had another little had another little climb in the middle, and then had the sprint had the kind of technical sprint sprint finish. So mm. four laps, and it was a bit of a war between the breakaway riders, the escape artists, and the sprint teams. You know, and especially yep. teams like Wiggle. You know, Wiggle completely pissed off that they had they hadn't made it the day before, and rightly so. Other riders who were caught up behind the crash. This is one of their chances. So they're racing, racing, racing. Um, it's, you know, attack, small group, bunch, la, 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 usual stuff, usual women's racing. And then it gets to the end. And holy shit, Dan, have you seen that sprint on TV? Yeah, I was going to say, if there's only one bit of race footage that you watch all week, fuck the entire Tour de France and forget everything else that you thought you were going to watch and watch the sprint finish from this stage because it is fucking ridiculous. So... At the front of the race, um, you're going to have to. You're going to take over from me, right? I'm going to okay. set up the scene, and you're going to take over, describe it, because you have a really beautiful turn of phrase. <laughs> so, in the sprint, they're lining up. It's wide rows. They've been sprint training all the way through, and you know, so they've got their sprint trains up. And out front is Mariana Voss, with a bit behind her, Georgia Bronzini. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a classic stage finish. It's a two-up sprint. Coming into the finish line, uh, we're on, as Sarah said, the fourth lap. So, you know, the, the women have been over this stretch of road several times. They know what's in front of them. Uh, Mariana has a, a bit of an edge on Georgia Bronzini at this point and is looking basically a mortal lock for uh, the stage win. Um, and, you know, to extend possibly uh, a lead a little bit over some of the other riders. You know, unless the hand of God himself would reach down and, for example, put a small pothole with a grate in it directly in front of her. Uh, which, it turns out, God's a fucking bastard sometimes, and he did. <laughs> now, any, in, in general, if you're a rider and you're sprinting top, top, full gas, full mm. gas sprint, like, you know, right over the handlebars, head down, full gas sprint, and you hit a pothole, what normally happens? Um, well, normally you just black out from terror and wake up four or five days later with people telling you which bits of your body are no longer attached. It, you know, like, this never, ever, ever, ever ends well. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, years of watching races where people still talk breathlessly about the, the time in Paris-Roubaix where, um, you know, George Hincapie's stem broke and, and he went ass over. Or when, you know, um, I think it was Christian Vanderbilt, a bunny hopped someone who crashed in front of him at a roundabout in the Tour about five years ago. And this... This just shits over, over all of those war stories. Because at this point, you know, front wheel goes in, Mariana sort of flies right over it, her weight goes lunging forward on the bike. So she is lent, like, uh, you know when, when uh, some riders really tuck in on a descent and they, they actually sit down on the top tube? 
and mm-hmm. um, attack right in. She's sort of in that position, but not seated. She's just, you know, the the momentum of her body has just thrust her that far forward on the bike. She's way up over the handlebars, which means at this point she's also uh, at serious risk of of just actually going ass over, like you know, just flipping, and and that's it, you know, coming down on her head or worse. And not only does that not happen, she holds the fucker up. The back wheel goes out almost from under her. So now it's like, oh, shit, yeah. So she's going to go sideways and slide and rip the shit out of her left you know, leg. And, and, you know, she'll have some road rash, but she'll be okay. And no, she still won't fucking go down. And so she straightens it again. By now, she's got one foot kicked out of the, the pedal. And you're just going, oh, right, that's right. She's a fucking track world champion, cyclocross world champion, road world champion, fucking probably about to be the mountain bike world champion, you know, Olympic champion. She's fucking won everything. There's nothing she can't do on a bike. She pulls it back up and makes a sprint for second. It's fucking yeah. insane. And it's not just sprint for second. She sprints for second and it's a photo finish. Mm. Ridiculous. Absolutely fucking fucking ridiculous and so you know it starts where you're like wow sometimes god is a bastard and he puts something like that in place but then you go back to as i was saying about uh you know the previous year when when mariana is like nearly a minute behind and then descends and is a minute and a Mm. half ahead it's like what the fuck do you have to do not even god himself can stop this woman (laughs) amazing but what i love about her is is there are interviews on videos and all over the place where she says afterwards yeah you know what it was my fault I'd gone over the finish line four times. I knew that pothole was there. I was just trying to cram every every single thing in it. It was my own fault. Yeah. And they go, oh, and she goes, yeah. Some people are saying bike handling. I just think it was luck. Well, what I loved, what I loved is she's like, I should be grateful that I I, I kept it upright, but I'm still kind of bummed I didn't win. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, she, yeah, wow, like yeah, yeah. Watch the fucking video, people. Just watch the video. You will not regret it. You I actually had a great moment. I mean, it was an amazing bit of thing uh, of racing and everything else anyway. And it's, it's even better because, you know, thankfully it wasn't, you know, a horrific crash. I mean, she really could have been very seriously injured. Um, mm. But I had this great moment at work yesterday where um, I was chatting to a couple of my colleagues uh, about the, the tour being on. And one of them goes, you know, is there a, do women ride the tour? You know, and it's that try really hard to not do the eye roll because, you know, we're, we're growing the sport. You know, it's not his fault that he didn't know. But I had this great bit of video to go, holy fuck, they don't need it to a look at the shit they do. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my Tumblr and mm. I put the video and I put the picture because the pitch, there's a picture where her bike, her, you know, where, you know, like the front wheels going forward and the rest of the bikes at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> And people are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's brilliant. So, mm. so Georgia won the second, Georgia won the second sprint that the first time an Italian's won since 2009. I have to keep saying that uh, for Wiggle. And then, but Mariana had also gone all out for the intermediate sprint points. So she was ahead in the general classification. So, you know, well and, done her. Uh, Yes, just well done, her. That, that, that dear listener, was a, a gap that I would normally edit out as Sarah and I try and sort out who talks next. <laughs> we can't see each other, we just make it up. <laughs> um, in third was Barbara Gurishi, who moved into the white jersey of Best Young Rider. Mm. Now, and then Lauren Hall from the, the USA national team in, in fourth, yeah? 
Lauren Hall in fourth, and that's interesting because you know, I mean, I out of all the riders in the race, the team I kind of feel sorry for really is the USA team because they come over, you know, they're the best riders on the domestic circuit. And some of these riders have never raced in Europe. I'm not sure about Lauren Hall, but Brianna Waller has definitely never raced in Europe, has raced in Europe before. And you're not only trying to get to grips with a peloton that's twice the size of what you're used to. None of these beautiful American roads that are like 20 miles wide and just, you know, great asphalt. <laughs> you, you, you mean not designed for SUVs? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we've said it before, but you get some USA national team riders who their blogs are all, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, I'm brilliant. And then after after two weeks in Europe are basically like crying for their mothers and wanting to go home and it's all, and it's hard. It's hard, it's hard because it's hard. But... Yeah, and the ones that we love are the ones who are like, holy shit, it's the hardest thing in the world. But I love it and I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Evie mm. Stevens' blog last year on Dutch anxiety about mm. how it took her, it took her, you know, three seasons to finally feel comfortable in the peloton and the Dutch races, yeah, you know, yeah. and now she loves it. <laughs> Hard won lessons, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like I'm dis- dismissing the dismissing how hard it is because it is impossibly difficult. But mm. I, you know, it's, it's great. It's re- so I always have a little bit of a glow when you see riders coming over and well, not just it's not also, just finishing the race. Well, it's also one of those really interesting results of one of the other things that we talk about quite often, which is that U.S. racing is really quite healthy and strong and getting stronger, mm. and so they have a really great and vibrant domestic scene there um and and so there will come a point you know i'm not sure how far away it is but there will come a point where racing in the u.s will be just as big just as competitive and just as tough as racing in europe and that's going to be really interesting because you know theoretically if that continues then you know u.s racing will be where everyone wants to go and it will be really interesting to see what happens with Euro riders, then whether or not they decide to to make the move to the US. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's hard. I mean, it is hard. It's it's difficult because a couple of years ago we used to have this really strong North American block of racing. Yeah. Mm. So you had two women's state two women's stage races in Canada. You had the Tour of Prince Edward Island and the Tour of Montreal, but you also had the World Cup in Montreal. And that tied in really nicely with the Philadelphia Classic and, you know, races like Nature Valley and, yep. and those kind of races. So you'd have riders who'd go over for, you know, months and months at a time, really. And just they'd have, you know, we used to talk about, well, this is the Spanish, there's a mini Spanish season on within the big season. And there's a USA, you know, there's a yep. North American season. And there's, yeah, it, it, it was, you know, there's a, there's a kind of French, you know, there's a kind of French season and stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's been, it, it's kind of, it's kind of depressing for this American races that that, that that North American races. Sorry, you know it, it's hard that we've lost those Canadian races, and there's you know only one UCI ranked race in the states at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, and, and and Catherine Bettine had a really good article about this the other day. She had you know she was asking, talking about the Tour of Utah promoters, you know the Tour of Utah promoter going to schools and saying, hey, this is a great race, and suddenly realizing that girls can't race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was very revealing. And I mean, I really respect it. I'm sure it was a tough decision um, to to. I, I completely forgotten the name of the the former writer who was telling this story. 
um, but she she lives in Utah, and she was asked to to help the race organisers promote the race, and she actually in the end decided not to go ahead with that because, you know, she didn't feel that she couldn't clear conscience, um, you know, promote a race in front of all these young girls as well as boys, but all these young girls and and there not be an avenue for them to to be excited and yeah. see a future for themselves in the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, and this is this is the and this is the kind of dichotomy between the American racing racing, isn't it? On the one hand, it has this amazing grassroots culture, really vibrant and exciting, and it's you know, that sort of can do you know do it yourself attitude that you know yeah yeah that we love. Mm, mm, and you know, race so races you know races like Nature Valley, Redlands, um, Sea Otter, all those races that you know week long fun make it really exciting and brilliant with really big prize packages, you know. Getting $35,000 or $30,000 for winning the Philadelphia Classic is, is unheard of in Europe by, um, you know, that's, that's, that's over, ten, it's not just 10 <laughs> times the amount that you could yeah. win, it's practically, it's practically 100 times the amount you yeah, could win. Genuinely amazing, genuinely amazing. Yeah, but... Mm. Back to the Giro, back to the Giro. And, but Lauren Hall is a nice transition into stage three. So remember Lauren Hall, okay? Indeed, indeed. Now, stage three, where, does, where was stage three based, Dan? Stage three was the, oh, God. It, it was another circuit. Um, no, no, just say, say it. Say the name. Cerro al Volturno. Cerro al Volturno. Now, Cerro al Volturno is a little tiny um, village that's been used in the women's Giro and the men's Giro before, yeah? Yep. It's gorgeous. It's every single rider on their Twitter had a picture of this beautiful little hilltop village with a castle on top of it and beautiful hills around it going, I can't believe we're here! <laughs> Actually, to be honest, before the race, they go, I can't believe we're going to have to ride up that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, the finish, and the finish is beautiful um it's a tiny cobbled steep hairpinny twisting road up through the village like one of those tracks that's just and oh, if it you imagine, really fucking is like it's one of those ones that's just like wow that's just ooh, i don't i'm not even sure i want to ride that for fun no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't mind going down it, but even going down it on the cobbles would. Yeah, hurt. no, exactly. Nice. Like I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure all I want to do is is drink while I watch other people ride it. Nineteen <laughs> percent gradient. Hmm. So it's it's quite a short stage. They go out of Cerro al Volturno down to a little down to a little village whose name I've forgotten. Salika. Let's just say it's Salika. It probably isn't, but whatever. And then they do about sixty kilometer circuit that goes over some hill, over some hills. Then there's a little flat stage of like twenty five kilometers, an actual flat in the middle. And then it goes back to the hills, back to Salika, finishing on this beautiful, crazy, painful climb. <laughs> and once again. The first GPM point is 10 kilometres from the start. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And what happens when you have a GPM point at 10 kilometres from the start is you get riders going, riders who want to get some 
Queen of the Mountains points later on just hit the front and you and it's quite a long it's quite a long draggy climb and Valentina Scandalara still in the Queen of the Mountains jersey mm. leaping up it um, seemed seemed keen to hold on to it and um, she just, you know she, just seemed like she likes that jersey yeah. I really like Valley Scandalara she's one of the riders who we interviewed before the race and she had this really you know some really quite poetic words about it she's got a really lovely Twitter at Valley Scandalara and if you only follow one Italian rider, follow her. She's friendly and sweet and lovely. So, mm. you know, the type of person I could, you know, the type of rider you can really get behind supporting. So, just like the other 190 odd. <laughs> yeah, just like my a, other 2,000 favourites. Except different. But, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she goes on the attack, but, you know, there are, there's a second thing that happens when someone like Valentina Scandalara goes on the attack, even if it is for Queen of the Mountains points. Isn't there, Sarah? There is, and that's that people follow them. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And at the top, so at the top, so it, so the race is quite strung out when it hit, when it goes over the top, yeah. Mm. And Mariana Vos goes over in fourth, and I can't remember the order, but you know you've got riders like Amelia Alina Amelusic, Tiffany Cromwell, Lauren Hall, mm. um, Mariana Vos, uh, that Lucinda Brown, whose birthday it was. Happy birthday, Lucinda! And they all hit the top of the climb first. And then they start then, to descend, and yeah. you know they descend a little bit. And as we may have mentioned once or twice before, uh, Mariana Voss in particular likes to go downhill because she's decidedly not shit at it. Um, <laughs> well, this is yeah, and so it's and it's and it's not just so it's about four hundred meters actual, you know, from top to bottom of the climb mm. in, in terms of height, and it's twisty hairpinny roads, and I loved it afterwards, there was an interview with Voss where she said, um... Yeah, she said something she said, like, um, that she hadn't really planned to to try and do an attack, but got to the bottom of the thing, looked around, and was like, oh, well, we've got a break, we might as well see if it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she said, she said, I didn't want to do anything to anything, I didn't want to make any dangerous efforts at that point, but there we were. So she was at the bottom of five riders, Lucinda Brand. Tiffany Cromwell, who we love for her, for everything about her, for her aggressive style, her comedy mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. and the fact that she had her 100-kilometer solo breakaway Giro win last year. And, and that uh, reminds me, once we finish this story, I owe her and, uh, and someone else an apology. So, Yes. Valentina Scandalara in the front. So Voss, Cromwell, Brand, Scandalara, Lauren Hall, and... Barbara Garishi in her white jersey, and that's an interesting bunch. There's a lot of there's that's three sprinters in there because you know mm. there's something about sprinters where they they know they're going to do badly on the climb, so they try and make up for it. With well, it's one of the sort of charming things about women's racing, again, isn't it? Like in in men's racing, the, the you get to a climbing stage and and the sprinters sort of hide for as long as possible, and they just slowly drift off the back bunch up and limp their way home. Where in <laughs> women's racing, they're like, "Fuck that for a joke." What would Ina do? She'd fucking attack. (laughs) And so they do, and they ride off and, you know, almost inevitably get caught, but but it's not because they weren't off the front trying to get over the climb before everyone else, for fuck's sake. Mm. Yeah, and so... so Because sprinters are also renowned swearers. They very salty language from sprinters. It's, yeah, a thing. 
So, so since these six are out ahead, they do what, you know, what, well, we're in a break. Let's do it. Let's just see how far we go. And I was watching this on Twitter and I think they were going, oh, you know, 30 kilometers gone and they've got a break of a minute and a minute and 10 minutes, a minute and 10 seconds. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to manage that because behind them, you've got some, you've got all the big general classification people haven't got into this break. So you've got, um, you know, you've got, you've got Fabiana Luperini, Tatiana Gaderzzo, Claudia Hauschler, Evelyn Steve. Um, Mara Abbott, all the Ashley Moorman, all these big right. None of those big riders are in this break, and so their teams are working really hard on the front, especially Specialized Lululemon and Team USA, who decide to control the to, to control the chase. And I couldn't work out what I couldn't work out was whether they made a tactical error. Because I was thinking, well, is it that they're trying really hard to catch them and failing, or is it that they went through the first part of the race? Oh well, we'll leave them at a minute out yeah, and just, we'll pull them in later. Yeah, just let them dangle out there, burning themselves out, because for fuck's sake, the rest of us might have a chance. Yeah, yeah. but but you know, and this is and this is and you're sitting there going, and people are going on Twitter. What do you think will happen? It's like I have no idea. Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's actually one of those ones that does, uh, you know, I, I'm going to try really hard not to belabor the point, particularly because they do do a good job. Ride to are very good at, at, you know, providing footage and that sort of thing. Um, but it is one of those things that makes it really difficult when you're following a race live and you can't see it. Um, yeah. And it really highlights how much of your interpretation of what's happening in a race does come from simple visual cues and that you, you actually analyse those things a lot more than you may even consciously realise um, in terms of how riders look, how strong they're looking and, and all yeah. of those sorts of things, which sort of start to tell you how a, a group's working together and whether or not you yeah. think they've actually got a shot at holding it up. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and Voss had, you know, Lucinda Brand. What did you do for your birthday, Lucinda? I worked my arse off <laughs> dragging the brake forward for Mariana Voss. Yep. Two riders from one team, you know, yep. other riders yep. taking their turn. But, so yep. there they are. So <laughs> and, they go, and finishes with best birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> so they're riding, they're right. So, so, so you've got those six riders and then Brand and I think Gurishi fall off first and then not literally fall off but you know drop off the brake first and yep. Tiffany Cromwell was saying later it, it wasn't so much that anyone attacked it's just that they just couldn't keep up anymore yeah yeah it just and, know, wore them down yeah exactly and then then you've got then Scandalara and Hall disappear from the break and it's just Tiff and Voss mm. out solo at, a, at and around 20 k's to go yeah yeah, well, no, this was, I think they went, I think they, I think it was about 30k to go oh, when okay. you suddenly realise it's those two Just together. Those I wasn't two. sure when the other two dropped. Now, this is, and it was really interesting because when you watch the ride coverage, they keep flipping back to the front of the, bell, the chase group. And the chase group is huge to start with. And you've got, you know, you've got Evie Stevens taking her turn on the front. And you've got, when it goes up the hill, it, you know, you end up with about 20 riders at about 30, 20k to go. Yeah. Yeah. And the group just, every time it flashes back to it, more and more riders have disappeared. <laughs> and apparently, though, apparently, because, because they've got, because after, so you've got this, so you start off big climb, big descent, lots of little lumpy bits, which of course, perfect for, you know, perfect for those classic star riders in the break. Then you've got this 25 kilometer of flat. Then you've got some more big climbs, more climbs and descents, yeah? Yep. And on the climbs, you've got, Tiff Crump, so you you can see Tiff take, setting tempo at the front when it goes uphill, yeah. Yep. And when it goes downhill, Voss. And there's one part where they just suddenly plunge. So it, it's and I'm watching them. I think it was about twenty k to go. The, the the bits of the video, the descending that was just really 
oh my god because first of all they start plunging through these tiny narrow village streets where the streets just take these you know ridiculous right hand turns right angle turns and then they're going down through hairpins and you're watching them because the video because the camera's watching them from above you're watching Voss's line and she's you're looking at this road and you think oh it must be going straight on but suddenly she does this massive corner and seems to stay on the road like literally centimetres away from the edge and these are roads with like tiny barriers and little walls and big steep drops on the other side it's just beautiful to watch and and you kind of forget how how hard it is because mm. they make it look so so easy and graceful and natural and and all of those sorts of things that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean and it gets down to about 45 seconds and i think on the rye video you can actually see at some point you know where 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 you can see at very points these kind of tantalizing things where the motorbike looks back and just coming round the corner in the distance you can see the lead motorbike for the next group mm, mm. Yeah. and it came tantalizingly close exactly exactly yeah and 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 you're sitting there actually hang on they might make it away Mm, and then you're mm. thinking well if they do make it away what happens because Voss is Voss yeah but Tiffany's probably the better climber better climber and remember that's a motherfucker of a 19 percenter over cobbles to to the finish Mm. and I mean that was I think the thing for me was that it was I, I guess I was in that sort of state of suspension that you were talking about where, like, I really had no idea what was going to happen. But once they got inside the 20K, it really did start to become believable. And then as that crept closer and closer and got under 15, I was like, I actually think they're going to stay away, but I'm not sure who's going to be stronger when they do. Because if Mariana can sort of sprint off from Tiff, you know, a little bit further yeah. out, she might get enough of a gap to to you know be able to to win that climb but if they hit the climb together then yeah i'd give the 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 odds to tiffany and so it was really really interesting yeah yeah and i mean what i thought was very interesting too was that the entire rabobank team had gone and wrecked that climb that morning so there's a photo from kus moerenhart <laughs> can i edit that out no no i can't <laughs> Kus Murenhut. There was a there was a photo from him of, of from the top you know from the top looking down at like the whole of the Rabo team going round one of these steep hairpins watching them. So they 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 wrecked this because I think they thought that you're going to come into it flesh volon style in a small group hit it and go. Yep. And one of the reasons people think this is that this stage is one that's been used in the Giro before. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was last used in 2009 and I posted a video to the end in my podium cafe <laughs> preview yep. because what was really funny about that was in 2009, what had happened was there was this elite lead group who'd got ahead and it was full of sprinters like Teutenberg and Bronzini and classic stars like Noemi Cantele. So when they hit the bottom, of the, they hit the bottom of the climb together, and Cantele won. And you see, um, Bronzini came second, and Teutenberg in third. And you're looking at them go up this climb, going, "That's really hard." But behind them, the second group had had the GC contenders, and that was Emma Pooley, Yuda Arndt, Claudia Hauschler, who won that, who won the overall race that year. Yep. And the contrast between how. <laughs> <laughs> the contrast between how Bronzini and Teutenberg had taken the climb versus mm. Aunt Pooley Hauschler racing each other up it was quite telling. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that it's like that difference in um in the movie Snatch between fucked and proper fucked. <laughs> I've not seen it of course. <laughs>
Oh, you fail again at pop culture. That's cool. Moving right along. So yeah, so so this is what we were. So, this is what we were staring down the barrel of, and it was looking like it was going to be, you know, yet again another amazingly exciting finale. Yeah, and then at six kilometers to go, it's it's all these downhill twisting roads. Ross is leading. Cromwell's following her line, and suddenly on one of these hairpins, Cromwell's bike just slips out from underneath her. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's one of those ones where even even Tiffany isn't sure what happened, and it's basically impossible to tell because you know it could be you know she hit the one slightly slick bit of of road, or yeah. or she overcooked the corner by you know that that one millimeter difference yeah. and and the rear wheel slid out on her or, or whatever but yeah she went down and unfortunately it's mid-descent and you know so Voss can't um you know sort of yeah, wait up stop. for her she well and, yeah. and she can't stop and she can't sort of slow down and wait up for her um yeah. and then work together again she just basically has to keep going that's really her only choice yeah. Um, Tiff leaps back up as quickly as she can, but you know, at this point, she's basically already lost enough time that it's unlikely that she would catch back on to Voss anyway. Yeah, yeah, and, and so Tiff's so Tiff's swept up in a group of ten riders, um, and this and by this time, these ten riders, because of the brakes around the road, they're, they're, these are the ten riders we're going to be looking at for GC. Yeah, so you've got, and in this group, you've got a former world champion in the form of Tatiana Gaderzo. Yeah, yep. you've got Mara Abbott who won the Giro in 2010, Claudia Hauschler, who won in 2009, Fabiana Luperini, who won in 2008, and four other times as well in the 90s. <laughs> um, you've also got uh, Eddie Stevens, who's obviously a brilliant a climber, trip, yep. and um, Ashley Mormon. And yep. you've got two of the two riders going out for best young rider jersey, Rossello Ratto and Francesca Kaus. Yeah. Uh, so there. basically, I, basically a really shit group of non-contenders. <laughs> it's an amazing, and I've forgotten a couple of two riders. I'm really sorry, which were the other two riders I've forgotten. But you know, we're doing this live, <laughs> so um, that so, so so Tiffany gets swept, up, get, gets caught up in that group, and they're gone. Voss is when you watch her, she is squeezing every single second mm, out mm. that she possibly can she's really really killing it and bear in, bear in mind this is the this is the woman who literally the day before had had that near-death experience with a pothole <laughs> in the road you know yeah 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 what does it do it just makes you ride faster yeah well i mean we've talked before about that kind of mad descending you know just requires the ability to turn that entire threat assessment part of the brain off and you know, just believe that you can fly, or that you're made of rubber and will bounce, or something. I don't know what, but yeah. Um, and there she was the next day, putting it into devastating effect. Yeah, I mean, she is just so. Voss finishes, and they've got those brilliant finish line pictures where she finishes, and like her dad, who works on the team as a as a mechanic and a swanny, are just basically on either side of her, wheeling her off to the side, and she just collapses by the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she actually, I, I think, you know, even though um, her, her name is uh, in reference to a different animal, that there is some cat in her and she just sacrificed one of her lives on that climb because she <laughs> was dead on the bike. Like, whoa. She was. So behind her, this group of 10 and Claudia Hausler, um 
showed that she is back. She is back. She's only about 26, 27, but she's, and she's had a couple of year, bad years. She had a mm. terrible crash the year that the Worlds was in Australia, um, a, a concussion. And also yep. she's been focusing on her mechanical engineering degree, you know. So she's not been necessarily cycling full-time, if that makes any sense. Exactly. Um, but she's back. And with a vengeance. Mm. Uh, so she wins the sprint for, you know, she wins the uphill sprint out of that group for second with Tatiana Goderzo in third. I think it was Luperini in fourth and Rossello Ratto in fifth. Yes, yes. And so, well, what does that mean? For- well, I guess, actually, sorry, I just did want to quickly add um, and Tiffany wound up 13th on the stage. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tif- Tiffany finishes. So, so there. About. Have you got the timings on you? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I, and it's probably worth mentioning a couple of the other riders in the top ten. So, yeah, let's just let's just smack it out. Let's just do. Let's just do the general classification at the end of stage three. Oh, so you want the overall, or do you want the stage result? Well, it's pretty much the same thing at this point. Or well, hang on. No, it's a little bit varied. So let's <laughs> do the overall. Oh well, you know, do something properly. I'll edit this out, and don't worry, no one will hear it. <laughs> Argue about it later. Uh, so, so Mariana's uh, leading at a total time of 8 hours, 17 minutes and 8 seconds. Now, Claudia Hauschler is sitting in second at a minute 13. So that's pretty interesting already because, um, you know, that's a lot of time to be to be giving away already. Uh, but it highlights how important the, the coming mountain stages are going to be. Uh, Tatiana Goderzo is in third at a minute 15. Fabiana Luperini is at 1.22. Uh, Rosella Ratto actually is in fifth at the moment at 124, which is awesome. I, I actually wondered about that last week, whether she might be a shot for a top five. Um, and if she can hold that sort of position, that'll be awesome. She, uh, I mean, she's, and, and bear in mind that Rosella, when she went into this, was expecting to be racing for best young bride jersey, but racing for Elisa, Elisa. Longo-Borghini. Yeah, yeah. Who had a beautiful, beautiful tweet about this stage, actually. I'll let you tell everyone about that in a sec. Um, at sixth is Ash Mulman, uh riding for Lotto. She's a 129. Evie Stevens is at seventh, and she's on the same time as Ash. So uh, that's pretty, pretty tightly contesting there. Anna van der Breggen. Uh, is at 1.32. Mara Abbott's on the same time as Anna. Uh, and then at, in 10th is Francesca Cauge, or Cows. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, at 1.36, she's from Top Girls, Fasa Bortolo. Uh, and adding to what I was saying before, Tiff is, I think she's 13th on the overall as well. She may be 15th, she but is. she's at... No, 13th. 13th, and she's at 157, so she's a little further behind, but, you know, still in contention. But then after her, it drops off reasonably sharply. It's another couple of minutes to the next group, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where they go. So that's where they are. Now, where they go from here, today is the longest stage, and even while I would tweet it, if you hear clicking, it's me checking my Twitter list, my live <laughs> update list, to see how the race is going, because, you know... No, it's it's um, a nervous tick. She's got terrible habits. Judge her harshly. Yeah, the stage... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so mean. <laughs> I'd normally edit that out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He lies. So stage four is another one where it's got these surprise hills. It's got stealth hills mm. in it and a bit of a climb in it. But, you know, after yesterday and with a 500-kilometer climb ahead of them, they uh, the transfer ahead of them, they made that decide to take it quite slow. Then um, on, what day are we on Wednesday? On Thursday, stage five is the first of the uphill finishes. And these are quite boring looking <laughs> stage profiles because well they're not but they're just ones where it's like 
I think it starts with a dis- starts with a little climb and a descent because it's the Giro, of course it does, and then it's just flat, 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 flat. Holy shit, a mountain! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Friday's stage six is pretty similar. It's a big, it's another big climb, and these are mm. really big climbs. No descents on the other side, straight uphill finishes. So, you know, it's sort of everyone's chance to. I mean, basically at that point in time, the name of the race is everyone versus Mariana, really. Well, you know what? Someone on Twitter said to me today, in a pitiful attempt at trolling, that, oh, women's cycling is shit because Mariana's just too good. No, first of all, he said, because I'd said I wasn't happy about the Tour de France where you've got, you know, you've got Tony Martin riding with concussion. I know people are now going, oh, no, he didn't have concussion. But, you know, they pretty were strongly recording that they were him having concussion. You've got Harriet Thomas riding with a broken pelvis. And you've got Ted King racing hopped up on painkillers and, you know, with his shoulder separated from his body, whatever that means. It's not separated from his body. They said it was a separated shoulder. What does that mean? (laughs) Shoulders are complicated groups of bones, and it just means two of them are a little bit further apart than they ideally should be. That's that's really what it is. He's literally held together with tape. It's fine. So I was on Twitter saying that I didn't that that I that that I don't I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not. I don't think that I don't think that you know if you've fallen off your bike and landed on your head, yeah, or you're hopped up on painkillers, and of course you're going to say to everyone, I just want to continue, I just want to continue, I just want to continue. But you know, people have to make a decision about whether you can or not. And when the people making the decision are your employers and the team doctor who's paid by your employers who have uh, who who don't give a fuck about you you know if men's doping has taught us nothing yeah it's that teams and team doctors don't care about the health of their riders yeah here have this drug you're going to have to dangle from the from the from your door but and Sarah, get up every two Sarah, hours because otherwise you might die but, your blood's but, going to turn to porridge but sarah men's doping has taught us nothing like li- literally nothing. Ask Ugh. ask Pat McQuaid. He'll tell you that there is no doping. We're fine. It's all good. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So you know. So I made this comment on Twitter, and someone goes, "Oh, that uh, that's why women don't deserve money because men give us men give us men give us." You know, I can't remember, even remember what he said. You know, men give us something to really watch, and I was like, "Well, you know." a real spectacle. I was going, well, I don't think watching Riders in Pain is a real spectacle. I think this is a real spectacle and linked to Mariana Voss at the finish line. And he was like, oh, but women's taking a shit because Voss is so dominant. And it's like, A, you're, in, you're stupid. B, it's not, it's not that she's that dominant because at this point, who knows? When she won the last two Giros, technically on paper she shouldn't have because you know all those steep climbs it's not in her interest but she found ways around that in those big descents yeah well yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean she she looked at those and she worked out how to do it and she rode really hard and just like yesterday you know they didn't necessarily you know those riders don't want to be giving her a minute you know over over a minute because this is mariana voss but well, she's, and and also, I think tactical. it's I think it's important to point out that they're not giving her a goddamn thing, you know. Yes. Like she's working for the whole deal. Like it's yeah, um, that combined with you know, I hate trolls and why would I give them time? Except when I'm playing with them. When when something like this happens, as it does sometimes happen to to Sarah, I always tell her that um, that she should just ping me and say, you know, there's a troll. Let's go play trolls. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I have to admit, I, I enjoy a good game of trolls, and I'm pretty good at it. So, 
my favourite was when that person was saying that it was stifling Assos's freedom of speech, that we were <laughs> criticising them showing nude models and suggesting that people didn't buy their product, that, that I wouldn't buy their product. And you came around and said, no, that's capitalism. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, well, and then I think I had two points. I think one was that's capitalism, and the other was also based on the pictures. What it tells me is that the the Assos uh, bibs are so uncomfortable they can't even put the model on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Let's play game of trolls. Um, so yeah, so written, I, I, it sounds like a George R R Martin novel, doesn't it? The game of trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Trolls. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, we're running out of time. We got to wrap yeah. this thing up. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So I mean, I said before the race that I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she did, but I wouldn't bet my money on Mariana winning. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's boss. I have no idea. So we'll see. So it's um. So it's 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 stealth climb stage today. Mountain top finish. Mountain top finish. Saturday is, well, it's supposed to be a sprint, but, you know, last year there was supposed to be a sprint and Tiff Cromwell won in a 100-kilometre solo breakaway, so who knows? Which, which, and then Sunday you know, everyone is, is probably going to be expecting this year, but, you know, if she does manage to get away, and, I mean, what she end up with on that stage? She pulled seven minutes or something. Yeah, she, if she does that this one, year, she, they're fucked. Yeah, at one point on that stage, so, so Tiff was out solo on that stage last year, and, yeah. and they were kind of going, yeah, yeah, whatever, we'll pull her back. And at one point, she got over 12 and a half minutes and was the virtual Maglia Rosa on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think reading about it afterwards, what had happened was Rabobank, uh, Rabobank were going... Everyone else is looking at Rabobank here. You, you chase, you chase. You know, you've got you're the yep. Maglia Rosa, and she's going, you're the sprint teams, you chase. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiffany was just going, ah. <laughs> I've, I've never met Tiffany, but I love that description of her. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I, you immediately made me picture like a, a Godzilla stomping Tokyo. Ah. <laughs> The final stage is a 16-kilometre time trial, and that's going to be interesting too because looking at those general classification, um, you know, the riders mm. who are in GC contenders, Evie Stevens came second at the World Championships last year in the ITT. Yep. yep. No, she's a bit She's a bit of an all right uh, time trial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Goodertso is is also quite a strong one too. So, mm. you know, so those, so when, so you've got, a, you've got a two-pronged problem for the climbers because if you're, a, if you're not Evie, for example, you're both simultaneously doing your damnedest to drop Voss, but you've also got to try and drop Evie too because, you know, it's a time trial at the end. Yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah. It, it is. It is actually going to be. And and this is the other thing is. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to give any any more credit or time to to troll arguments because that's just shit. But it, it's one of those things that comments like that just show a gross misunderstanding of the nature of the racing that's in front of us. Because as you say, uh, this year the the Giro Rosa is hitting all the major regions, all the regions of Italy. Uh, we're getting great variation in terrain at really sort of key points in the race where things can quite literally be turned around very significantly and so every every stage of the the next well i'd say three of the next four stages at least have the the opportunity to really make or break the race for for individual riders based on how things go 
And so it's it's going to be very interesting pretty much all the way to the end. It just is. It is indeed. It's going to be, it's, yeah, yeah, mm. very, yeah. Mm. It's, and it's, and I like that they've designed it. I mean, if it was me, I've got to admit, I wouldn't have those transfers in it myself. Yeah, I'd keep it to one. I mean, what they used to do is they used to have, you know, this is the one that's in the south, this is the one in the north, you know, and, and, and alternate it. And I do think a 500 kilometer t- transfer is, is, is preposterous. And some of, you know, they started the stage early today because it's long and they've got a ma- major transfer. But, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, but, but I think the organisers have planned a course that does is designed to make the race, if you take out the transfers, designed to make the race fun right to the end. Well, fun. And it also, I think it serves that greater purpose of a grand tour, too, where it's a, a brilliant showcase for the host nation. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I take your yeah. point about the transfers not being ideal, particularly because the women don't have access to the same sort of resources that make that much more manageable yeah. as the men do. But, you know, there's no question this is a fucking great race. Yeah, yeah. Voss has has just won the intermediate sprint seconds in Ah, the stage at the moment. Yes, and this is part of why we're rushing through today's episode, kids, is because stage four is ongoing. And I'm watching it on Twitter. Um, Yeah, some some little things I want to mention just in passing, so we won't talk about this too much. Um, I wanted to mention Monique Hanley's... uh, article that she wrote. Yep. She's a former rider who's the head of Cycling Victoria, which is the um. Well, she's she's an executive on the board of Cycling Victoria, which is uh, Victoria is one of the states of Australia, so it's it's a state level body uh, that is affiliated with Cycling Australia. She's also uh, on the Athletes Commission. Uh, she's smart, great communicator. Uh, understands the intricacies of the sport really well. And this blog post that Sarah's referencing was an absolute cracker where she went away and did the math on... uh, Some people may not know, Sarah, but the the total prize for the person who wins the overall GC at the Giro Rosa this year is... I can't remember. (laughs) €460. The total prize money for the overall GC... Uh, for the Tour de France this year is €450,000. And as she says, you can't necessarily compare them as apples with pears because it's a three-stage race. But still, holy fucking shit. Do you know that yesterday, you know in the Tour de France, the TTT, yeah? They, there's no rainbow jerseys for winning the world champion TTT. You can wear a badge on your thing. They were fining riders yesterday two thousand euros a piece for things like um, for things like wearing their national championship ITT skin suits yep. because they because it wasn't an ITT. Yeah, you know Tony yeah. Martin. Tony Martin. You know you're thinking Tony Martin's bike. I think it has his world Something, champion stripes decal on it. Yep. They find him two two thousand euros. Exactly. Thinking, something's something's essentially fucked when a rider in the men's race is getting fined nearly five times what the overall winner in the premier stage race in the women's peloton will win. Yeah. You know, just for just for having rainbow stripes on their bike yeah. and not having a separate team yeah. time trial bike to ITT. Yeah. So that's my rant. That's rant number one. Well, you no, no, I want to. Yes, you should read my next piece, but I want to add to rant number one that I, I herefore propose and under a Dan led UCI, fuck Brian Cookson, fuck Pat McQuaid, uh, under a Dan led UCI. All fines levied at the Tour de France will go towards the prize pool of the Giro Rosa. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, number two, I wanted to mention rant number two. Um, 
Now, I have this discussion, ongoing discussion with people on Twitter about wouldn't the Giro Rosa do so much better if it wasn't held at the same time as the Tour de France, yeah? And the answer is because then people would show it on TV and people would care, yeah? And I, my two-part answer is, well, no. Well, the reason that the Italians do this is because every day there's over an hour of the Giro footage, yeah? At the end of each Tour de France stage on Rai, they go to a 10-minute highlights of the, of the Giro Rosa, and then later on they have the, the hour-long coverage, and they repeat it later in the night. Now, I am slightly miffed that this isn't geo-restricted, but thanks to the pirates of the world, it does turn up on YouTube and therefore on our blog, yeah? Yep. And I don't believe that that TV companies would, would, would actually give a fuck if it was at another time. Because, say, for example, it clashed with the Tour de Suisse or, 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 or I don't know, um, you know, the Tour of Austria or something like that. They'd still not show it because it clashes with a men's race because there's nowhere in the calendar that doesn't clash with a men's race, yeah? And, you know, there's plenty of TV. Australia's Fox TV, in their coverage, they have a section on the Giro Rosa every day where they actually show the film and talk about it too. So it's not, you know, if Rai can manage it and Australian Fox TV can manage it, why can't SBS and Eurosport even mention it? We tweeted the results to Carlton Kirby yesterday because, you know, generally what we do last, in previous years is we tweet results to um, David Harmon and he'd mention them in the Giro, in the, in the Tour de France thing. And that's why it works so well for Rai because it bigs up cycling. Yep. And all the people who only come in once a year for cycling also find out about women's cycling. Yeah, you know, you yeah. look on the Orica AIS webpage, and there, next to Garen's in, you know, next to Garen's in yellow after the TTT win, you've got Tiffany Cromwell. Yep, yep, and and you know, this is the thing. It, it's uh, it, yeah. It, ultimately, this is where things have to move towards, and and they will eventually, you know, by by one method or another. But it is just mind-boggling that there, in some places, seems to be such an institutional objection to, you know, just ignoring um, women's sport. It, I just... Yeah. And I used to, I mean, I, I used to tweet to Harmon, you know, I, I really miss Harmon that he's not there, he's not there at this year. I used to tweet to Harmon the results and he used to really like it because in the middle of the race, you can either talk about the cheese, the castles, the vineyards. And blah, don't blah, get blah. me wrong, I love my cheese and I love my wine, but you know, I would rather hear what's happening in, in a women's race. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so you've just got, so you've got, um, and not to mention so, so, which, I mean, I don't know about where, where you are, but like, if you're watching the English language coverage here in Australia, then you're subjected to the, the crimes against auditory function of, um, Phil and Paul. And, you know, the, the capacity of those guys to make horrendous mistakes in identifying slash misidentifying writers and, you know, stories that have no bearing on anything at all. It's just, yeah, it's mind-boggling that, that yes. we can't provide simple simple measures that take nothing away, absolutely nothing away from the men's side of the sport, but yes. actually just grow the sport in general. So, yes. and stop, 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 because we are just doing this as the short rant. Okay. This was my point. The most you'll see on British television of women's racing, yeah, mm. is in the middle of the ITV coverage, the Wiggle Honda, the Wiggle advert featuring the Wiggle Honda riders. 
<laughs> and in the Eurosport coverage, the tax uh, trainer video advert, where they basically saying, "Can you beat Mariana Voss?" <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, it, it, that that ad kind of really irks me because, like, no, nobody can. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But at the same time, you know, if there is this wildly sexist streak in the in the viewing audience, I guess that sort of makes sense. Yeah, and especially with the anniversary of Billie Jean King's fantastic, you know, Battle of the Sexes tennis yeah, match. Yeah. It's quite a good time to remind ourselves of this. Anyway, number three, short points. We're not doing very well at these being short points. I apologise, dear listener. Number three, Amber Pierce has been making videos for us. Um, we've talked about the race, but, you know, you both, you all know we're just daylight-deprived internet forum people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Commenting, commenting from our armchairs. Yeah. Um Amber's been doing some some highlights videos. Uh, I really recommend them because she's she's raced the race before, so it's just little short nine minute videos where she's talking about what the race is and what it means. Go and watch them; they're on our site. You'll love them. Next, I just wanted to also mention we have a challenge. I have a challenge, and my challenge is every day when they go to sign on, each team has picked a song that becomes their theme song for the for the year. Yes. Now, in previous years, we've had quite a lot of video out of riders dancing to this. I want to know, what are everyone's songs? I know that um, Orica have an ACDC song for theirs, but what are their songs? If you can find out, let me know. Either tweet me on underscore pigeons underscore, or leave a comment on our blog, or email us at prowomenscycling at gmail.com, because I really want to know. Um, but just watch out for that. When you're seeing the videos, don't just tune out at the start and finish it, because they've got some really cool stuff, and it's it's all lovely. Cool, cool. Well, um, does that wrap up your your brief points, your short points? That wraps up my little short list. Okay, cool, because I do, as I mentioned earlier, have one thing that I have to do, which is apologise to Tiffany and um, and a, a close uh, relative of hers, uh, who kindly pointed out to me after, well, not Tiffany herself, but, but her relative, um, after my rant last week about how Australia's shit at designing jerseys. Um, <laughs> that that <laughs> Tiffany... Tiffany herself is actually an accomplished designer, and and to be fair, I actually I actually like her jersey designs. So, um, as I said at the time, I was very happy to be proven wrong. Um, but you know, it does beg the question: Why isn't Tiffany in charge of all the designs for Orica and particularly yeah. national champion kits? Because fuck, we really need to do better. Yeah, um, Tiffany's range is going to come out soon. I don't know when, but when it does, we'll obviously link to it and tell you all about it because, mm. you know, buy jumpers, jerseys designed by pro riders. It's brilliant. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. If you're wondering what it's like to go to the Giro as a fan, go to velofocus.com, click on his, um, on, click on Sean's uh, Giro Rossa section, Rosa section, because he's at the Giro and he's posting photos every day and you can follow him on his Twitter at velofocus and just enjoy the Giro with him. I am so jealous of him, but I'm also super, super happy that he's having such a good time and long may it continue. Indeed, indeed. And I think on that note, it's time for us to say goodbye, get the fuck out of here, and go watch the rest of Stage 4. Thanks for joining us. Uh, do your best to stay upright like Mariana on Stage 2, and we'll talk to you next week to wrap up the rest of the racing. Next week to wrap up the rest of the racing. Echo. Echo.